You are listening to the 2022 Air and Space Power Conference, brought to you by the Royal Australian Air Force's Air and Space Power Centre. In this presentation, Dr. Brenton Smith contributes with their discussion on real-world applications of digital twins to complex systems. We join the presentation as it is introduced to the conference attendees. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, hello everyone. My name is Brenton Smith. Some of you may have heard me speak before uh, this morning about the M2 mission. So, this presentation is going to be with a slightly different hat. So, this one's um, as a spin out from UNSW Canberra uh, called Nominal Systems. Um, so, uh, for those who don't know me, a little bit about myself. So I have a bit of a research heritage from UNSW Canberra, including my postdoctoral studies. Um, and I did a lot of research into formation flying um, that involved a lot of simulation. Uh, and so uh, I brought that across to the M2 formation flying mission design, where I use simulation to really get assurance for how we're going to do some of those aspects. Um, and now with nominal systems, uh, M2 spinning that out into uh, system level simulation capability. I think through my experience uh, with University of Canberra, I had the privilege of uh, getting to learn the value of simulation uh, in terms of the ability to, to rapidly iterate, uh, assess risk um, and uh, that type of thing. Uh, and so I'm going to speak a little bit about how that was applied to UNSW, UNSW Canberra for the M2 formation flying mission. Um, but I think through that experience as well, I I've identified some challenges um, as well. So for example, Australia needs a sovereign ability to design, build and operate space infrastructure. Um, and that would include, for my mind, uh, sovereign simulation capability to do a lot of the assurance. Um, so there's a need to drive innovation, uh, yet you still need to find a compromise between what's innovative and what's gonna be reliable in space. Just because of the, of the nature of the space domain, um, once things are launched, they just have to work. Uh, you can't get it back to fix. Um, and uh, same with exploring technologies. Ideally, it'd be rapid and cost-effective, so you can go through iterations quickly, uh, identify threats, identify new technology, new capabilities, um, and then that sort of also encompasses intelligent space systems. So. Uh, if you're going to train autonomous uh, vehicles in space, uh, ideally you'd have some type of environment to do that development, development and testing uh, on the ground in simulation in a similar way to you do it in the uh, automobile industry where largely it's simulations that are used to, to train intelligent systems so you don't you know, get a self-driving car to bump into walls and destroy itself as it's sort of maturing. Um, so I think uh, when it comes to digital twins, we see that as a technology that can solve some of these challenges. So I guess just straight up, um, a digital twin is like a simulation, but what sets a digital twin apart from just any simulation is that the loop is closed. So essentially you have a model of some system, uh, but you characterize that model based on actual data from that system that you're creating a digital twin of. And that way um, you're encompassing the so-called personality of the system because every system sort of has a subtle difference based on manufacturing differences and other types of anomalies. 
And that gives you not only the ability to design and develop, um, but also to detect anomalies during operations as well. Um, uh, so in, in addition to that, uh, when you take that capability, uh, you, can, you can do that. You can apply it for, yes, doing assurance dur during procurement of, of systems, but also for uh, training intelligence and space systems as well. You can use it as a very high fidelity sort of system level environment to do rapid iterations uh, and training episodes to build trust in the automated systems that you're developing in a safe to fail environment. And I think it's from these hypotheses where nominal comes from. So I guess we've really taken that experience from UNSW Canberra space and have created an easy to use digital twin environment for space. Uh, so essentially, it's a, it's a place where you can rapidly assemble digital uh, systems just by you know, dragging and dropping solar panels, reaction wheels, for example, um, and then uh, simulating those systems to assess their performance. Um, and that lets you do rapid uh, design configuration, testing, exploring mission concepts, um, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, where we see it going is uh, also facilitating collaboration during those types of activities as well. So it could be hosted on, a, on cloud infrastructure, people can tune in and they can collaboratively um, explore different mission con concepts and, and do testing of, uh, con of yeah, concepts. Uh, so I can touch a little bit on my experience uh, applying you know, or said technology or my colleague applying said technology during the M2 separation. I think we were able to get a bit of insight into where this could be of benefit. And what we learned is it sort of really comes down to those applications that are, are quite complex um, where we could leverage some of the more sophisticated simulation capabilities of the software we were developing to get insights. And one, one interesting application was actually the planning of the selfie images, um, which, which sounds you know, funny and trivial, but it's actually quite hard because we were limited to nine images only. Um, and we had to plan the best timing of getting those images to get really good shots. Um, it's a similar story for lighting, although we can't take full credit for planning the lighting of, uh, and timing of the separation. Um, but uh, we were able to use the tool to assess um, the complex six degree of freedom dynamics um, to ensure we're going to get the images and also assure that the antenna weren't going to get entangled. So I think I've got a video here, or maybe not. We'll just move on. <laughs> so uh, here's a comparison of, I guess, some of the, the simulated uh, setup in an actual um, selfie image from M2. Um, and you can sort of see that you can, within the simulation environment, you can start to play around with um, uh, the dynamics, the complex dynamics that are involved during that s separation event. Okay, these videos are working, that's good. Um, so I guess to elaborate on more on what we're doing, we see the architecture of the simulation tool that we've developed to be useful beyond just M2. Um, so here's a, an example of an Earth observation satellite. So it's Landsat in this case, but 
in this instance, we've actually been simulating uh, the, the satellite as, at a system level. So uh, the reaction wheels, the flight software, we can simulate um, electronic power systems, uh, data communications, the data system. Um, and so you can sort of really do that full system level simulation using the architecture that we've developed. Um, we leverage a lot of game technologies, so uh, specifically the Unreal Engine. And so we can pull in a lot of the features of those technologies to extend the capability. So it can go beyond space systems um, and we can um, start to in introduce uh, aspects of other domains. And we had a bit of a play around with that. So here's an example. The backdrop was Melbourne. Um, we have a, a model of a ship here. We're actually um, simulating the communications between the ship and the satellite. Um, and that's the Landsat model, which you should see there. Um, and the ship is um, communicating. In this test example, it's just uh, communicating the depth uh, that it's measuring um, to the satellite. And the satellite uh, is um, observing the ship down below on Earth. Uh, similar for the space domain, here's a, a trivial example of a simulation of a, of a telescope. Um, so you can see the pixelated image versus a realistic, versus a, what you would actually see if you could see a perfect image of the satellite above. Um, but it sort of shows the flexibility of, of the tool we're developing um, and how we sort of see it sort of being of, of benefit for simulating complex systems. Um, so what's next for our company? So we're working with the UK Ministry of Defence right now. Um, so they're procuring our simulation software and that's for designing and testing some of their future space acquisitions. Um, and we're also working with UNSW Canberra Space on their AI test bench uh, project for developing intelligent space systems as well. Um, and yeah, I guess an open question I have is how can this sort of sovereign technology add value to the Australian Department of Defence? So thank you, happy to take any questions. Yeah, uh, how did you do the atmospheric modeling for that telescope uh, example with the pixelated versus the real image? Yeah, so we can leverage some of the, the Earth models within the Unreal Engine. So some come out of the box. Um, there's some sophisticated models as well, um, uh, which we can use, but um, it sort of depends. Mostly they're uh, 